0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. Let me tell you about Peterson Toyota, who is our great Ram Nation partner that has been proudly serving the Fort Collins, Windsor, Loveland, and surrounding areas since 1968. They're family owned and operated, and they're committed to making the car buying and service experience smooth and stress free with a friendly and accommodating staff in all departments. When you purchase a vehicle from Peterson, your exceptional experience starts with Toyota Care, a no cost maintenance plan with 24 hour roadside assistance. And when it's time for your factory scheduled maintenance or repairs peterson's express service ensures you're in and out quickly and your car is running optimally if you're in the market for a new or used vehicle please give peterson toyota first shot of your business thanks and enjoy the show Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I'm Joel Canalesa joined by Mike Rowe and today's Steve Ivy from Crackers College Hoops Squad. We'll be talking a little hoops today, and then we're going to be bringing in in a second segment the dynamic freshman guard, Tavy Jackson, out of Las Vegas to join us for his first NIL duties with us. So, super excited about that. Uh, being able to have John Tanjay and Tavy Jackson this year to kind of be our go tos for some some insider content, guys on the team. we we'll have a freshman perspective, a senior perspective, so that's really cool. Um, so excited to get that conversation, our first conversation with Taby in here. He's going to be great all year. Let me uh, introduce our, our co-hosts, Steve and Michael. How are you guys today? Well, I'm doing great.
1: Um, it's, uh, you know, my wife and I are getting ready to head to Salt Lake City tomorrow to spend Christmas with my daughter and her husband, uh so today's uh last day in colorado until uh after christmas after the holidays but uh we're doing well looking forward to that wonderful drive on i-80 across wyoming my favorite drive on the planet oh
2: man that's a stretch fingers crossed it's not
1: windy right (laughs) i i will say when we came back after thanksgiving uh the wind. Uh, we had a beautifully clear day, and the wind was blowing sixty plus miles an hour, and of course, creating dangerous road conditions with what little snow there was. Yeah. And I anticipate we're going to have similar conditions tomorrow. So,
2: I'm all right. I got. I got one more week of school, and the kids are just done. <laughs> so, woo, I'm done too. Almost there. Almost there. One week. One week. But other than
0: That's that, good. no, things are good. Things are good. Good. Steve, Mike and I have uh, we've talked about this because uh, we had our first call with John last week. But uh, what are your thoughts on on these two partners of ours? Uh, you, you've you gotten to know them as being close to the team. What are your thoughts on John Tanjay and Tavey Jackson?
1: So I when, I when I saw that you had worked out a deal with them, I thought it was fantastic. And it's it's fun to have a four-year senior and a first-year freshman. Both of whom were playing an integral part in the team. Um, I don't know Tavy very well. I really haven't spent uh, much time talking with him. I got to know John a little bit from his freshman year on. And John is uh, very quiet, very soft-spoken, but very intelligent, and just a great person to talk to. And I'm really looking forward more to getting to know Tavy o- over the time. But um, two very instrumental parts to the team, and it's nice to see that uh, – that you and the Ram Nation crew can uh, can help them out with uh, with what little you can with uh, with the NIL. What a wonderful opportunity for them. I'm really looking forward to getting to know them.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, I'm, I haven't known how to felt feel about all this NIL stuff, but if it's going to exist, might as well take advantage of it and be able to use it for some good. So uh, I, I'm, I love that our fans have responded and made this possible. So. Thanks for uh, being here on our first interview with Tavy. Thank you for uh,
1: inviting me. Believe
0: me, <laughs> I'm excited, you bet, bud. you bet. So we knew we were gonna have some challenges this hoop season. Uh, you can kind of understand the, the two losses we had in Charleston after you beat down South Carolina, but then you had the inexplicable loss to UNC. And then you had the inexcusable uh, collapse against CU. That effort was not great. I was very surprised with what we saw there and Steve I know that you were pretty critical in your coverage of both of those games what was your take I mean just put a, I know what you put on paper kind of verbalize that for us on on what went wrong in both of those games well you know it's a it
1: it's a young and inexperienced team uh, but the one thing they have got to, got to learn if they're going to be successful at the D1 level is they're going to have to be uh, focused on both ends of the floor over all 94 feet, meaning both offense and defense. Um, and they're going to have to play with a little bit of uh, an, an edge. Um, the, you go out there and you play anybody uh, at the D1 level and it's going it can get pretty physical uh, what was really interesting was how well they handled the physicality of Loyola Marymount uh, in that game right before uh, the UNC game. And that was a that was a very well-played game. And Loyola Marymount's a very, uh, just a good, solid team. And they handled them well. And then when they came out against UNC, and it was an absolute shocker watching uh, a layup line in the first half and a three-point shooting clinic in the second half, and not a whole heck of a lot of execution Uh, defensively, um, giving up 88 points. They scored 83, and 83 should have been plenty enough to win. Um, I wasn't just disappointed in the players. I was a little disappointed in the coaching staff. I thought they had opportunities, um, and I pointed that out when I wrote up my game article. I thought they had an opportunity in the first half to take a couple of fouls that they had to give in the last 10 seconds. Instead, they let UNC finish the half off with a layup that two points count just as much in the first half as it does in the second half. And then watching UNC over the first five minutes, nail seven, three pointers in a row. I thought a timeout could have been taken after the third or fourth one. Um, you just always, you have to be a, yeah, uh, as a, as a coach, I think you have to uh, uh, as a staff, I think you have to jump and say timeout right there and stop the run and um, And it didn't. And it created that uh, 13 point deficit. And uh, and as well as they came back, uh, they just weren't ready to finish out. And, you know, I I, what we get spoiled, we've been spoiled in the past years, three years with uh, having a point guard like Isaiah Stevens, who is. Easily the best closer we've seen at CSU, but he's still not a hundred percent. You could t- you can tell when he plays, he's not hundred percent. And that game was ready for him to take over, and he just couldn't quite do it. Um, and but that game was lost for the for in the first thirty-six minutes. That was not lost in the last four minutes. Uh, the CU game uh, cruising along, doing you know hanging in there, playing reasonably well, but basically giving points to CU um on turnovers and then uh then the collapse came it started in the first half um people turning the ball over dunks the other way and it continued in the second half and quite frankly i thought it was uh, an embarrassing effort um in a in a rivalry game uh i think you need to be you go in on the road and you're in a tough environment and there's no doubt it it was a tough environment easily their biggest crowd of the year and it was rowdy because of the the presence of prime but uh they just weren't ready to, to physically compete for 40 minutes i don't think that was a failure of the i don't think there were any coaching failures i just think the players just weren't quite ready and again they're not 100 we saw isaiah stevens with some unbelievably bad turnovers he was not good in the second half you can see him getting tired. You can see him, you know, being a little slow. You know, they'd snap. up. They were blitzing him off of the ball screens. And, you know, in the past, you might have seen Isaiah split those two players with a dribble. I don't think he's quite 100% was capable of doing that. Then we'd turn the ball over and we'd watch it dunk the other way. And it got away from him horribly in the second half. So uh, just a, a horrible, horrible, what I thought, physical effort. Um, I did point out in my blog, and we're lucky to have him as a guest, and I'll probably bring it up today, the only person who seemed to physically want to compete was Tavy. Um, he, I, there was a play in the, <laughs> where, he, I mean, he wasn't afraid to go after seven footers going to the rim. Uh, other guys were struggling to get the ball up, at, up to the rim or getting the ball slapped back in their face, and Tavy was the only one who seemed to be ready and willing to, to really go after their big guys and get all the way to the rim. And, and uh, when, when a freshman is your best player, um, that's a problem in that kind of game.
2: You know, you, you bring up the double team point. Tad did a great job knowing that because when Tavy had the ball, they didn't do that double team on him. And one of the things that impresses me is, is how low he can get his dribble and how he can duck He could duck through defenders and the Buffs didn't double team him. They didn't do the same thing to Tavy that they did to Isaiah. And and yeah, Isaiah just physically wasn't able to get around those, those double teams, which he usually could, you know, which we've seen him do the, the previous three years. So that's, yeah, that's a great point that you, that you brought up with, with him. And, and you're right, you know, I think if if he had been healthy the entire season, it's completely different. I, I'm not saying that we win that game. I mean, geez, we got beat by 30. <laughs> you know, a healthy Isaiah might not have been there to make up that 30 points, but you know, I don't think that we're in this situation where we're like, oh, how do we lose the UNC? How do we lose that bad? And you know, it's 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 tough. Um I don't think this team has an identity yet from what I'm seeing. Yeah, I've that's, a,
1: that's a great point, and I, I they're searching for it. Um, it's certainly the, – the identity looked like it was going to be a little bit on the defensive side in the first series of games. Um, they were playing really good, solid Team D, staying in front of players, forcing teams into tough shots, holding teams to very low shooting percentages, and the defensive efficiency numbers were really, really, really good. And all of a sudden – um, it went away. And um, for whatever reasons, um, now they're searching again. And, I, I, you know, we, we know we have good offensive players. We have guys who can shoot. We have guys who can dribble. We have guys that can pass the ball and they're unselfish. Um, we have an all-conference guard back. Um, and I think, but I think you're absolutely right. And the next couple of games um, with St. Mary's and USC – two very, very good teams. So I hope that identity starts to, uh, starts to emerge or it could be a, it could be a long season.
0: Steve, Mike tries to privately anyway, to convince me that CSU has been a better team this year without Isaiah Stevens. He also said that we were a better team this year without. No, let me, Rodney. let me. So
1: you don't have to, you don't have to defend it. Um, Mike, I, I <laughs> actually don't, um, I have other people who have told me the same thing. Um, and I think part of that, let me, let me just share with you. I, 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 in the short term, I think you're correct. I think Isaiah is playing after, you know, foot surgery and came back. And, you know, at some point you just have to come back and deal with it, but he doesn't have the explosion and he doesn't have the speed defensively. And I think that's one of the reasons why the defense hasn't been uh, as good as it, as good as it was. Secondly, I think on the offensive side, there are times when they're waiting for Isaiah to do things as opposed to just reacting uh, through by running by running the offense. Um, and we know that, You don't have to wait for Isaiah. He's going to find you. (laughs) Um, You just need to run the stuff uh, properly. But I think it's – Mike, I think it's a fair comment. And like I said, I've had other people say it, and I think in the short term there's there's probably some truth in it. But I think in the long run you got to get Isaiah going. This team isn't going anywhere unless Isaiah gets going. So Mm -hmm. you got to at some point bite the bullet, and he's going to get better and better as time goes on.
2: And my point about Roddy, Joel, my point about Roddy – you know, you watch you watch those first eight games, the way we moved on offense. I just I just loved the flow that we had, and it was a total team game. And we were, we saw it on on defense too, and it wasn't so much the two the two man game that we saw last year, a lot. And yeah, when you have two amazing players like Isaiah and, and David Roddy, you are going to play a two man game a lot more than what you are. When you don't have them. Right. I just I loved I just love the flow on both ends of the of the of the court that we had over those first eight games of, of this season. And I made the comment. I think that we are a better team. Without David Roddy at this point. That's what I said, Joel.
0: Okay, fair enough. I,
1: I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go that far about Roddy, but I think it's fair to say with Isaiah coming back. Uh, we, we may have taken a hit defensively. Um, and I don't think we've taken a hit offensively other than, you know, some of the guys that are, you would ex- normally expect to score have taken maybe a little more of a backseat than they should. So
0: who, uh, who do you think has exceeded expectations so far this year, if anybody, and who has not, that's a point. <laughs> um, you know, I I had high expectations
1: for Tanjay, and so I think he's right on. I had high expectations for Rivera that he would take a step up, and he's uh, he's right on. Um, I think that the probably the 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 biggest would be, um, yeah, you know, gosh, it, <laughs> I have high expectations for all of them. I think we underestimate how far James Moores has come. He hasn't looked good a couple of games, but there's other games where he's been really good. His knowledge of the offense, his passing, his ability to set screens, um, his outside shooting is better. He's finishing at the rims a little better. Um, I think James Moore is doing – but I expected him to, to take a step up as well. And Pat Cartier, same thing. I expected Cartier to do something similar. Um, probably <laughs> – <laughs> our guest that's coming up next he's a little further along than i thought he'd be not because i didn't think he could do it but because he came in a little late this summer and then had some illness issues this summer and missed out on a lot of practice so his ability to step in uh as quickly as he has i think Tavy's probably been uh probably been the biggest surprise yeah you know going
2: off the uh, you know what you saw right before they went to Costa Rica you mentioned Tavy and and how you said he could shoot the shoot the lights out, but he was getting lost uh, a lot on offense and defense. And so, you know, seeing what he's brought to the table, I mean, honestly, from game one, it's it's I, I've been thoroughly impressed with with his game and his all around game. And like you said, he I mean, he's not afraid. He'll he will go up. He'll go up for rebounds. He will go up to try to block shots. Like like I just I love his game.
0: Anybody that you would dare say has not met your expectations yet? No, I don't think
1: so. I, I, the only one who hasn't met my expectations because he's been out sick is Josiah Strong. I think that was a bigger loss than people, uh, than people really know. If you think about it, he was brought in to take over for Kendall Moore and start at the uh, guard and missing Isaiah and missing Josiah for those first few games. How many teams can survive and play reasonably well missing their starting backcourt? And that's basically what we did through uh, through the first few games. We saw a brief glimpse of what he could do. I believe it was the Weber State game when he played. He came on for eight minutes, and in his eight minutes, I think CSU was a plus 22 or something ridiculous. Um And that was the only healthy eight minutes he spent uh, this season. He struggled when they went to uh, they went to South Carolina, and he hasn't played since they've uh, since they've come back from South Carolina. Um, uh, so that's, that's the disappointment. And it's not, it's not on him. It's on the fact that he got ill and boy, could they use him right now in terms of getting better. They get immediate improvement with the guy who can score 12 points a game, shoot 40% on his threes and guard. He might've made a difference guarding, uh, guarding Dale and Koontz down the stretch. He might've made a difference guarding, uh, uh, what's his name? The, the point mm-hmm. guard for, uh, for, uh, um, went off on us so um, uh,
0: do you know is this something that could linger the entire season are they worried about that is this something that they might say he's not going to get better should we redshirt him does he even interested in redshirting as a senior can he do that like a medical redshirt or something I I don't know what's what is what are you hearing I
1: I have all I have heard um, you know they're tight-lipped because it's a medical thing um, is they just don't know Um, everything's up in the air um and you know the, the the belief was it was mono um but they've done you know several tests i've heard he suffered from dizziness i don't know if that's normally a symptom of mono um so i i, I don't think they know and it's just a matter of hoping that uh hoping that he gets uh, he gets better but and in terms of red shirt i don't know he's a fifth year player um he'd have to apply and get a sixth year, which, that seems to work for people like Hunter Maldonado, so it could be possible if Josiah was interested, but I don't know if he is or not. I haven't talked to him. Yeah.
0: What grade would you give the team so far? B. A B.
1: Yeah, I you know I I think that you know if I were if I were looking at this, uh, so without Josiah, with Isaiah hurt, um, I thought we had a chance to go. Uh, I, I thought eight and five was probably reasonable with a chance to go 10 and three. I think we're going to have to hustle to get to eight and five, um, in the, in the out of conference schedule, um, with Isaiah and Josiah 10 and three would have been a good record with the quality of the schedule. Um, the only loss uh, that I'm really concerned about was obviously the UNC loss. They've taken care of business against the teams they should have. Um, CU I think they could have been more competitive uh, but that was probably a loss I would hope that they would have gotten one more win down in uh, down in South Carolina but the truth of the matter is they're playing those are two top 50 uh, net teams Charleston has been uh, (laughs) they ran into a buzzsaw Charleston no one anticipated they'd be that good and they're basically 50th ranked net team and they've only lost one game and that was on the road in Chapel Hill and Penn State was always going to be a tough tough game. Everybody goes, "Ah, Penn State, you know, they're dregs of the Big 10. They're not a bad team. They're actually a pretty solid team. I think they're in the low 30s in uh, in net ranking. And if you look at their you look at their team, they are a bunch of 50-year seniors. They are the most experienced team in the United States and we ran into a team that was not a big team, but they, are, they had big major league bodies, big 10 bodies. And uh, that was a tough matchup for us. We did not play well, um, but uh, it would have been different had we had, uh, I think uh, uh, Isaiah and, uh, and uh, Josiah there. We still might've lost, but we wouldn't have fallen behind 13-0 and then just struggled the rest of the game. But we've, we've had a good schedule. We have two more great opportunities um, and we'll see how that goes, but uh, I'm looking forward to see how they compete with Saint Mary's, um, and then uh, at Saint Mary's, which is always a tough hill to climb, and then uh, going to Phoenix to to play USC. That should be exciting as well.
0: Yep, a couple big games coming up, and then you've got league play, which is going to be a grind this year. The league is looking deep and uh, solid, so which I love. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be a fun. A fun second half of the year here. it would be good to talk to Tavy about that. So before we bring in Tavy, let me tell you about Ginger and Baker. This is a fantastic place with two great restaurants, The Cash, which is a modern Colorado steakhouse offering steaks and chops, fine wine, and good whiskey. The other is The Cafe, which features a new take on farm-to-table American comfort food classics. Ginger and Baker also features a coffee shop, bakery, market, teaching kitchen, and event spaces. Man, if you're looking for something new and fun for the holidays, go to gingerandbaker.com calendar and check out all the cool events that they've got going on. Multiple opportunities to meet with Santa, bring the kids. There's the Ho-Ho Holiday Pop-Up Market on the 10th. There's a Ginger and Baker Classic Pop Pie Class. There is a Gingerbread House Decorating Class. Tiki Time Cocktail Class. So many fun events. Get out and enjoy the spirit of the holidays and support Ginger Graham, our friend who is just exceptional. Treat yourself to a world-class experience at Ginger and Baker, and you will fall in love with this place. All right, our guest today is Taviante Jackson, who is one of the our primary NIL partners for this hoop season, along with John Tanjay. We're super excited to have him. He'll be joining us for podcasts, maybe producing some written content on occasion, and some other stuff. We're looking forward to having his perspective a little bit about Tavy before he uh, joins us. In his senior season last year for Las Vegas High School, he averaged 26 points a game, 4.4 assists, 12.2 rebounds, 3.7 steals, led his team to an 18-8 and 8 overall record and a appearance in the 4A state tournament semifinals. First time their school did that in 23 years. Nice accomplishment there. He's known for his prowess both offensively and defensively. He chose CSU over Utah, Wyoming, thank goodness, Uh, Pacific, Siena, (laughs) among others. Uh, As a true freshman here so far through 11 games, he's fourth on the team in minutes played. He's averaging 25 minutes a game. He leads the team in shooting percentage, 62%. The sharpshooter, and he takes it to the rack. He's third in rebounds, first in assists, first in steals. He's got a really bright future. Heck, he's got a really bright present. In fact, uh, but, Tavy, thank you for being here. Mike, Steve, and I here on Ram Nation are uh, really proud to have you and excited to, to get to know you and talk with you.
3: Yes, sir. Glad to be here. Glad for, thank you for, the, thankful for this opportunity.
0: You bet. What, I mean, was there anything in particular that intrigued you about doing this with us?
3: Um, no, I just felt like because, um, like, my speaking skills, like, I'd be like I, – I grew up, like, shy around the camera, like, just talking around, like, to different people. So, like, I feel like this is good for me. So, like, yeah, that's why I'm I mostly excited like, to do this. We won't grill you too bad. All right. gotcha. <laughs> got <you.
2: laughs> Yeah, we got, we got the hard-hitting questions for you, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> So, my first question, how do you pronounce your name? Because listening to Nigon and Roth, Nigon says your name about 15 different ways. So, just <laughs> how, how do you say it? How do you pronounce it? Tay, hey, Beyonce. So Tavy Jackson.
3: Yeah.
2: Daviante and then it's Tavy, correct? Tavy. Yes, sir. Tavy. Are you going to go like the Nene, the uh Maybiner, the soccer route and just put Tavy on the back of your jersey cuz I would love to yeah. I would one of
3: those in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, for sure. if I do decide to yeah, it will be Tavy for
0: sure. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. For sure. Well, you've been a student here for what approximately 4 months now. Um how have you liked being in Fort Collins and CSU? Who, who's, who's your roommate there in that dorm room of yours, and who are you most tight with on the team?
3: Yeah, it's definitely been it's definitely been great here. Uh, Everybody's been treating me well, not just, like, the basketball staff and all of that. Like everyone I've come across and met, they've been treating me very well. And um, i room roomed with Jack. You know Jack Payne? Yep. Yeah, yeah, Jack Payne. i room with him. And, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty good dude. You know, one of the first people I actually met when I came out here. So yeah, he he actually like was familiar with like places around here. So he been he's the one that's been showing me around and stuff. So yeah, he's a pretty good dude. And then personally I mostly be with on the team is like I really really be with everybody like equally. I don't really be like with just one person like that. I just be with like everybody equally for real. So yeah.
1: So just real quick, Jack, uh I met Jack over the summer. Jack has a link to I. I work part time at a local golf course, Highland Meadows Golf Course, over in Windsor. Jack right. has a link to Highland Meadows, and I met him. Uh, I met him over there. He's he has golf privileges, yeah, at Highland sure. Meadows because of his link there. So that's probably why he knows Fort Collins pretty well. He's been getting around.
3: Yeah, Jack loves the golf, but me and golf, and yeah, not so good. <laughs> <laughs> So have have you picked a major yet? Oh uh, yeah. At first I was gonna do sports medicine, but I heard like with basketball in school, it's like looking kind of like complicated to do. So I, I switched to communications for now, but I'm definitely gonna to try to get into business for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Just like Tanja, that's
2: awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yep. Now you you were somewhat of a late commit. Um you could you share what the re, uh, recruiting process was for you and, and what ultimately led you to Fort Collins?
3: Oh, yeah. It was hectic. Like, well, like, all the COVID and stuff, because, like, they like, had a chance to come watch me play a lot. So, as I, like, um, only took, like, two visits, and the visits I took was Pacific and, um, and here. So, like. I feel like CSU was the, like the spot for me because I feel like they were the ones that actually like, um, made me feel like at home and like, they care about their, uh, their players. So like, that's actually the reason why I chose CSU and like the, uh, just the people here, the people I met on my visit. Yeah. They treated me well, you know, they seem like very good people. So yeah, that's one of the reasons I, why I also chose CSU. Who is was
1: hey, Who is the, who's the first, uh, CSU coach that, uh, that you ran into, uh, done Uh, the recruiting process?
3: Ali, Coach Ali. open next. Yeah. He was the first person that I ran into.
0: Good job, Ali.
3: (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Very good guy. Uh,
0: So one of your other offers uh, was apparently Utah. So a lot of student athletes would be swayed kind of by that lure of playing for a P5 conference uh, school. Um, What about CSU outweighed the opportunity at Utah?
3: You like you saying like how to like
0: wait we'll, what why would what get... what drew you to CSU over an opportunity to go play in the Pac 12, for instance, that Utah? Oh. It
3: was really uh I just feel like I'll learn more over here as a player and an individual. So like I chose here because you know Isaiah Stevens. Yeah, he's also like a very good player. So I wanted to come here and learn from him. Like, cause I feel like that'll be a good start for me as a freshman, just to learn from him and pick up like, and like, yeah, just getting like new ideas from him and stuff. And he helped me out. Yeah, he's been doing that very well. So, yeah, that's one of the main reasons why I actually chose CSU over Utah and the other schools.
0: Good decision. That's a that's a heck of a mentor. Yeah, for sure. Hey,
1: uh, hey, Tavy. From uh, from what I can tell, in terms of the whole recruitment, you weren't recruited. Uh, very much by UNLV, even though there were several locals um, in reading that rated you very highly. You had uh, a lot of press in your senior year, and you had some people that came to see you that were not associated with UNLV, but had a lot of knowledge and thought you should have ended up there. Do you, as a result, do you have a chip on your shoulder, and are you looking forward to getting back home to playing against them and playing them twice a year?
3: Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, with that whole process, I wasn't really worried about it, but yeah, actually, I am. I'm looking forward to that game for sure. It should be a good one. You know, it's a lot of people that are actually going to show up to that game that supported me. Everybody texting me like, oh, yeah, we already got our tickets. Like, uh, we're going to be at that game for sure. We're going to have a whole, like, section for you or whatever like that. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that game.
1: That's that's awesome. Um, Hey, you know, so Las Vegas is – I mean, you, you come out of a very strong city that's known to produce a ton of top uh, – top prep players and your class included a couple of players that, uh, that you're going to, you, you will play against this year. Uh, Joshua Jefferson, St. Mary's, Darian Williams in Nevada. Are you, are you friendly with those guys? Do you keep in touch with them? Are you, did you share anything with those guys in terms of your experience playing as a freshman?
3: Um, Yeah. um, We actually was like, we, we talked like here and there, but like, not a lot. We weren't like close, close, but like we know each other and like whenever we see each other in public, it's always good vibes, you know? But yeah, um, I talked to him like once or twice, like during my like during this year in college. But like, cause we we're always so busy. But like, yeah, it's nothing
1: changed though. Yeah, we're still pretty good friends. Still. Do you, uh, you know, one of the interesting things? I don't know. It, it's it's early uh, in terms of the season, but uh, but there are probably four people who are lined up to be freshman of the year in the mountain West and uh, you're one of them. And Darian is another one. Um, It should be pretty exciting watching how things unfold over the course of the year. But uh, uh, that's just another side note. We could see one of uh, either one of two players out of Las Vegas be freshman of the year in the mountain West. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, for sure. sure.
2: Yeah. You've been, you've been thrust into a Pretty meaningful role, as as Joel mentioned. Third on the team and in, in minutes played with twenty five a game, in, in a really short amount of time. Um, why has that transition from high school and club ball been to high level D one?
3: Uh, it's been it's been crazy of the game. It's just been faster, you know. Um, learning different like different plays each practice, like that's been a, a chance for me. Like, yeah, it's just really, like, it's mainly the pace, though. It's just a faster game than high school because high school is, like, you was able to slow down a little bit, you go at your own pace. But college, you just got to, like, go. So, yeah, that's just been, like, different for me, really, just the pace.
0: You haven't seemed too impacted by that pace, though, really. I mean, you, you've maintained control. You seem like you're comfortable on the court. What do you attribute some of that early confidence and comfort on the court to?
3: Just the way I am, my mom's always been like the hard worker and I'm, I think a lot, so like, I don't know, like, like talking to the coaches, they tell me like, don't like just go out there and play my game, don't worry about nothing else, so like don't let the game speed you up. So I just took that like to mind and took it to the heart, you know, just been playing my game and doing what the coaches say. So yeah, I guess, yeah, I'm adjusting to it very well also. So yeah, it's really, yeah, it's good for me now.
0: The other thing that's really impressive to me is, you know, you're, you're, you're playing as a true freshman, you're thrust into this major role and you really, I mean, granted, you probably play a lot of club games through high school, but you, you lost a season of high school due to COVID. So just another stretch of experience that you've lost. Um, But what, what was it like to, to lose one of your precious years of high school basketball?
3: It was crazy because I ain't never think that was ever Mm going to happen, but like, because um, all the gyms are locked down. I was never used to that, so we have to hoop outside and all that. But, yeah, um, yeah, it was just crazy. Like, I didn't know what to do. I was going crazy. <laughs> like, I was just trying different stuff. Like, actually, that was probably one of the first times I actually tried golfing, like, during COVID. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't know what to do. So, that was probably one of the actual times I actually tried golfing. And, yeah. But yeah, it was just like actually crazy. I didn't know what to do. I was going crazy.
0: Golf became very popular during COVID. That's what everybody yeah. did. So, <laughs> some of us got hip surgery.
1: <laughs> yeah, you did, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Tavy. You know, you talked a little bit earlier about uh, coming to CSU, and uh, and uh, with Isaiah Stevens being here, uh, what? What having what's it like having an experienced guard like Isaiah? What's it meant to you in terms of your your transition and uh, development from uh, from high school to being playing to playing at the D one level?
3: It's, it means a lot because like with him having that experience and him like being like going through like all these things of uh, all four years of him being in college. So like yeah, he's been like a great mentor to me. He's been teaching me a lot. Like all the stuff he's been through, he's making sure I don't like go through none of that. And like yeah. Um, we actually, when like, we in the gym together, he talks to me a lot. So like make sure, like, I know, like, what I'm doing or, like, stuff like that. Yeah. He's just been a great mentor overall and everything.
1: When, you know, we, we've spent, uh, I think, the last two years, we've had Isaiah on our uh, podcast. And uh, one of the things we asked him was uh, who he patterned his game after. Um, and uh, he said Chris Paul. Um I had written during his freshman year that he had remarkable similarities to Chris Paul with right. his uh his pull up and his floater game. Is there any is there any NBA player that you pattern your game after? Um is there somebody that you would you would uh, you you would you look at as kind of the role model for how you want your game to develop? I got
3: uh I got like two players. I'll say like Darius Garland and a little bit of John Morant. I'll say them two right there. But yeah, um yeah, mostly Darius Garland though.
1: So, J- John Morant, are you going to get a chance, by the way, when Morant comes to uh, comes to Denver? Are you going to get tickets through Roddy to be able to go see him? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully.
3: That'll be great. That'll be honestly great. I love that. Hopefully.
1: Oh, that's cool. Um, Hey, you know what? One of the things, after the Peru State game, um, I wrote uh, something. I made kind of what I consider a pretty bold prediction uh, in my game article. I, I predicted that at some point. Uh, in your college career you'd have a triple double because you don't just fill up stats, you fill up easily um just by the way you play. Have you had a triple double um at the high school or uh, AAU level?
3: Uh yes, for sure. I had I had like I had a couple of them. I think one of my craziest triple doubles was like 40 po- something points, like with like 13 rebounds and like, about, like I think 11, 10 assists. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, it was crazy.
1: And, and you said you had a couple, uh, other, other, others as well. where they <laughs> similar, yeah. similar kind of numbers? Lots of those.
3: similar numbers for sure. Similar, like, I think my highest rebounding point game was like 22, I think. Highest rebounding game was like 22. That's yeah, so yeah,
1: it was yeah, crazy. That's Damn. the one that your rebounding shows up naturally. That's usually the trickiest part for uh, somebody who plays point guard. Right. You know, I definitely. Done a little, a little research. I can't remember the last time somebody had a triple double at CSU. I do remember a game back in uh, 2014. We had a guy who uh, named Daniel Bayarano who, against Wyoming, had a chance to get his 10th assist. They left him in the game. They ran a play to uh, for him to get the ball to a three-point shooter who happened to be Carlton Hurst for Joel and uh, Joel and Mike three right. point shooter, wide open in the corner and he's a good shooter and he got the ball, everything to play went right. And Carlton missed the shot. So that was the loss of his triple double, right. <laughs> but in a rivalry game. And then, uh, Isaiah almost had one at San Diego state. We, two years ago, uh, actually, no, yeah. Two seasons ago, uh, we had an amazing comeback win over San Diego state. Uh, the second game that was the COVID year when you played back to back games and the second game he had, uh, 11 points, 10 assists, and nine rebounds. And those are the only two close ones that I know. But uh, I actually look forward at some point, and I know it's just going to come out of nowhere that all of a sudden the numbers are going to pile up. So I'm excited about uh, seeing you develop at CSU. I think it's coming. Yes, sir, for sure. Appreciate you.
2: Yeah, you know, that's one of the things I've been really impressed with with your rebounding. I mean, you just seem to find that angle to get up and, and grab that ball out of the air. So it's been fun watching.
3: I think that mostly comes from football, too, because I played football up until, like, my freshman year of high school. And, I was really good at it, too. I didn't really in basketball until, like, eighth grade summer. So, yeah, I really was, like, a football player. But, like, I think that's mainly where my, like, like hops come from, is that football. Did, did you know that David Roddy played football? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know.
2: Yeah, I,
3: I, that for I heard about that. <laughs> the football body build type, too.
2: Well, hey, man, we need we need some tall receivers, you know, get on the horn. Ask Nico if you could slide over there during the (laughs) offseason. So this this is a fan question. Some of these some of these uh, we asked the board if if they had any questions. And some of the questions that we've already asked, uh, they they wanted us to ask as well. But here's one. Who is the best shooter on the coaching staff? Coaching stuff?
3: Hmm. I say Ali for sure. Ali, I say Ali. You know, Aaron, Aaron Katsuma. You he know, he's gonna say it because he's the type of guy that always thinks he's the best at everything. But <laughs> I say, um, I say, yeah, Ali for uh, for national for sure.
2: Yeah. All right, can you beat him in a shooting contest?
3: Oh yeah, for sure. I, I'll be him for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
2: love you you take,
1: that. You take all his lunch
3: money. Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> lunch, lunch money lunch money
0: (laughs) well all right so let's pause the fun for a second because i gotta i gotta ask about this particularly painful for me i was at the steve was there as well but uh was at the the game in boulder particularly brutal just because we're sitting right behind the bench and right next to the the cu student fans which i'm sure you you heard that their students are obnoxious and and nuts uh but anyway um team didn't play very well in that game. You were one of the few bright spots who handled it very well. What did you guys as a team and you personally take away from that game? Obviously, you couldn't have been happy. It, sure. it was not not a fun game. But what what was the reaction of the team afterwards? And did, what did what'd you take away from that game?
3: Yeah, um, you know, after the game, we were always just, like, in our heads. But we all just came together, you know. We have to move on from it, you know, um, learn from it. But, like, same time, yeah, we just had to um come back together, regroup, and then talk about, like, what we need to do, like, and help us, like, be better for the next game and so that won't happen again. So, like, so, yeah, um, yeah, that was pretty much it. We just took that loss, you know, make sure it never happened again, regroup, do what we do, and then, yeah, never let that happen again.
0: Is that a game you'll have circled on uh, future schedules for payback, personally? Yeah,
3: for sure. <laughs> for sure.
0: What do you think and, and that that game was preceded by a tough loss to, to UNC down the road uh, that was at Moby and and uh, what, what do you think uh, based on watching film and what the coaches have kind of honed in on after those two losses that has gone wrong uh, in those two games. And what is what are you guys focusing on to turn things around?
3: Uh, we really just we just need to be more physical, you know, um, be like play together, be team, be, be a team, be sound. You know, yeah, it's really the physicality, though, know, and um, make sure like we play with, do what we do, do what we, practi- do, what we do in practice, and like to uh, translate that to the game. So, like, if we just do that, then we should be good to make sure that won't happen again.
0: What in particular do you think that you guys were lacking at, as far as, you know, on the defensive end, uh, ball movement, on ball defense? What, where, where were you guys specifically lacking?
3: Just the uh, physicality. We ain't master uh, intensity, like right? just the uh, physicalness. They came out as a more physical team, and that's really what got us, I believe. So, yeah, and then on the offensive end, it was really just turnovers. We just had to take care of the ball more, yeah, and uh, do what we do and practice. And, yeah, that really was, that was it. If we do that, then we should be good.
0: Well, hopefully get those things dialed in. You got a couple tough – Games away from home, St. Mary's on the road, and and uh, they they dealt San Diego State their first loss of the year, uh, and then you got USC at a neutral site in Phoenix, both very solid teams. Uh, so hopefully you guys do get turned around. And what what are you guys envisioning for the the program the rest of the season? What do you guys have as your goals, and what can you accomplish?
3: Uh, do what we usually do, you know, like in practice, you know, bring that same intensity to the game. Um, <clears throat> always like play together, be sound, you know, um, don't let none that's like in average, well, none in the audience like distract us or none, nothing. nothing let it get to our head and just like stay together and we should be good throughout the
1: rest of the season. In the both the UNC and uh, CU games, you had a chance to attack seven footers. Right. Uh, you, you went right in on somebody uh, at UNC and you left him doubled over. Uh, after scoring and then at, uh, at CU, you went after a seven, one kid who happened to grow up in Cheyenne, Wyoming, who happened to be recruited by CU, lost in Lovering and you scored over him. Um, you have obviously the mentality of getting right into people's writing into people's chests i always you know i played basketball when i was younger i wasn't tough enough to do that where did you where did you learn is there somewhere when you were younger where did you learn how to do that to, how to attack people who are a foot taller than you yeah i think it was really just my dad
3: um like always like you know I, i've been playing football like so like that that brought the physicality to me and um, uh, my dad was a coach for me so like you know he's hard on me you know he made sure i was always physical so yeah i think that's really it really came from him in football while I'm, like, physical like that, really. So, yeah, I think that's where it came from when I was younger. Just I always had a physical.
1: When you get a chance on a big guy, do you do, do your eyes kind of light up thinking this is I, – I love doing this kind of stuff?
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. It always does. It's definitely a blessing because, like, yeah, Um, I never thought I'd be in a position the day I am in today. So, yeah, my eyes light up all the time for sure. That's great. Yeah. Thanks. Yes, sir.
2: All right, so your birthday was earlier this week.
3: How'd you celebrate it? Practice. <laughs> <laughs> practice, um, did a lift, and I just hung out with uh, some of the guys on the team, you know, had a good meal, and that was about it. It really ain't, like, really nothing to do while we in season, really. So, yeah, it was just, like, just a chill day. It was great, though. It was a fun time. I had a great time on birthday. So, yeah, that was good.
2: Well, ha- happy birthday. Yep. Appreciate yeah. It. how old
3: are you? I just turned nineteen. Nineteen. A youngster. <laughs>
2: I remember my nineteenth birthday five years ago. Yeah. I uh-huh. <laughs> <Okay. laughs>
3: yeah,
2: mean, maybe, maybe a couple more years than five. Right. right. All right. So I, I, I'm a foodie, and I asked this to all our guests. When Isaiah was on, I asked him, you know, about what's popular in, in, in Dallas when Chandler Jacobs was on, Houston, John Tanjay last week about fast food in Nebraska. So All right. you're from Vegas. Yes, sir. Street is a tourist destination. So there really isn't like a, something that they're really known for. But if I'm visiting, since you're a native there, where would you tell someone to go to find that true local Vegas feel for a meal.
3: I would say go to like a hibachi place, like um, hot and juicy. That's one of the main ones. Um, it was another one. I forgot what it was called though. It's, it's another hibachi <laughs> place, but like, it's really the hibachi spots. That's really like, that you'll love for sure. So yeah, hot and juicy is one of them. That'd be great for you. That's yeah. I'll go there before any, if I had to choose. So are You,
2: gonna, are you you're gonna hit that up when we play there next month? Oh yeah, for sure. For <laughs>
3: All sure. right.
2: All right, it's down. I'm I'm gonna be making that trip to for that game. So I'm excited about that and then got it written down. So I'm
0: gonna hit that place up.
1: Yes, sir. Joe, you gotta get Joel. You gotta get them in a ginger and baker.
0: Yeah, ginger and <laughs> baker's a good one. That's right. All right. Taby, what are you gonna do? Uh we got Christmas coming up. Uh, what, what are you going to do? You get, go back home for a few days?
3: Yeah, um, I'll be home. I'll be only be home for like three, four days. Yeah, uh, just spend time with my family for Christmas. I'll come back like Christmas night because we got a game uh, a couple of days after that. So, yeah, I'll be in, be back home for like three or four
0: days. That's got to be a little different for you, huh?
3: Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I adjusted to it pretty well, you know, and I'll be on the film all the time, but I also like a sometimes. So, but yeah, I adjusted pretty well. So
0: yeah, it's been it's been cool. All right. Well, that wasn't too painful, was it? What'd you nah, think? Not at all. Yeah, it was cool. All right. <laughs> it was better than I thought for sure.
3: <laughs> <laughs> for sure.
0: Good deal. Well, we look forward to having you again and uh, appreciate you spending some time with us and and good luck in these upcoming games. We'll be uh looking forward to getting the league play started and uh getting some games back at Moby here and but uh go get go get a couple wins here on the road. Yeah,
3: yeah sure. I- Appreciate you guys, for sure. You yeah, have a
0: Merry Christmas, bud. Merry
2: Davey,
1: thanks a lot. Merry Christmas. Yeah, thank you. have a Merry Christmas, too.
2: Davey, great to meet you. Great. Thank you for being on with us. It was awesome.
0: Yes, sir. You're nice to meet you, too. All right. That was Davey Jackson. Good getting to know him. It's good to have him uh, contribute some content for us through the rest of the basketball season. That's a guy that has a chance at the Mountain West Freshman of the Year, Newcomer of the Year. So uh, that would be awesome. And it would be great to see him continue to grow through the season. Enjoyed this conversation with Mike and Steve today and TV. Thank you all for listening. I think we'll be back next week for one more episode before the end of the year. We'll talk to you then. Have a great weekend. Go Rams.